When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bij Burger King gebeuren spannende dingen. Wat dacht je van een classic cheeseburger, chicken nuggets burger of sundae voor maar 1 euro per stuk? En dat is nog niet alles. Alle King deals zijn maar 1 euro. Haal ze nu alleen bij Burger King. Hello everybody and welcome to a very special edition of the Royal Blue podcast with a uh, Scandinavian field today with two very special guests, uh, Bjorn and Helg from Everton, Norway. Very welcome. Thanks for uh, for coming in guys and uh, avid Royal Blue podcast listeners will remember that you were here last season. When did you come over guys? When was March. It? So almost 12 months ago. Yeah, 51 weeks ago. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so I'm Everton reporter Phil Kirkbride and as well as Bjorn and Helg, I'm joined by Chris Beasley this week. So we will look looking to preview the Brighton game. We'll be uh, speaking to Bjorn and Helg about Everton Norway and and how that group is continuing to come over and support Everton from, from afar and uh, we'll a variety of issues to discuss as uh, we prefer, prepare for what Sam Allardyce has called a massive game. But before we get on to that, um, chaps, just explain to us an update on Everton-Norway in terms of her, since we last spoke to you, have, have the numbers grown? Has, has the group grown or is it steady? What, how is the, uh, how's the profile of the group these days? We have uh, increased by a couple of hundreds, I think, yeah. uh, since last year. We have wow. uh, yeah. uh, seven, eight hundred members now. Um, yeah, so um, I think uh, the, the the job we are doing now is uh, is getting getting out in the public, and I think I think we have I think there are a couple of thousand Everton supporters in Norway, mm. but most of them are uh, are from the seventies seventies and eighties. Right. So so I don't think they see the point in getting uh, a membership in Everton Norway, but they support Everton from yes from their side of view. Yeah. Because obviously, as we know, for others, obviously a significant um, Liverpool fan base in Norway, and obviously your planes were, were busy today as you came over because obviously they've got a big game, uh, big game tomorrow, haven't they? Yeah, um, I think Liverpool Supporter Club has forty-five thousand members right, in okay. Norway, okay. and we are a little way to go. Yeah, but growing, so that's positive, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> So you make an annual trip. You come over over every every twelve months if you can. So you you've yeah. come for Brighton. How many how many of you have come over? About fifty of us this time. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And uh, do you know where you've got your tickets for tomorrow? Yes. At the main stand or no? It's a spread out lower lower level. Ah right, okay. <laughs> All right, excellent. So, so ticket, mo- t- tickets could have been better. Mo- yeah. Mostly obstructed views. Ah okay. <laughs> but we'll take what we get. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. And you've got something planned on Sunday as well that you. Yeah, we're having a stadium tour. Right, okay. Um, on Sunday. And tomorrow when? after the game, we're uh, at the Winslow. Oh okay. Joined yeah. by special guest uh, Andre Kanchelskis. Oh excellent. Yeah. Always got yeah. some good stories, Andre. Yeah. Excellent. So obviously you were, well, and I think many of us were hopeful that you would have been able to see Everton play in the flesh uh, in July in the Europa League. Um, just explain for, for listeners who maybe didn't remember or don't remember, it was Everton ended up playing Ruzon Barak. 
from Slovakia, but it was almost going to be it was going to be SK Brand we'd hoped at one point. Explain to us guys, if you will, what happened there. Don't ask him because he's a brand supporter. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we we hoped for uh, hoped uh, to get uh, Everton to Bergen uh, a second time. Last uh, last time they came in two thousand eight, mm. was it? Yeah, uh, that was a fantastic uh, weekend. Uh, we had a uh, week actually. Yeah, <laughs> week. We had we had blues all all, all over the town uh, uh, the all the whole week, and um, that experience was fantastic, uh, especially for me because I've followed Everton since I was a little kid and Brown since I was a little kid. So so to get the experience to to watch my two favorite teams mm. play both home and away was a very a very good experience. So I was really hoping for uh, that, but um, as usual, uh, the last couple of years Brown. It tells did, you a lot about yeah. the level in the Norwegian league. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. they, they didn't do the good. job. Right. Yeah. That's why you don't know. So, Bran, Bran had, uh, had won the first leg, which yeah. was in Rizombrock 1-0. Mm. And everybody was expecting. I think, I think Ronald Koeman was even expecting Bran to, yeah. to qualify. Yeah. But what happened in the second leg? They just... Uh, they I don't know. Messed <laughs> up time. completely. It was, uh, it was like, uh, like watching Everton this season. <laughs> <laughs> no shots yeah. on goal, no right. chances, nothing. They had, yeah. they had nothing well, lots to Lots of Evertonians watching in, in pubs, watching yeah. the game, yeah. hoping for, uh, for uh, yeah. a brand win. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were surprised at the time because the way we imagined it, <clears throat> when Everton played Brand last time, because it was the, um, the closed season in, in yeah. Norway and it was such a comfortable win for Everton, wasn't it? Was it 2 0 over there and then 6 1 at Goodison, yeah. something like that? So we thought playing them in summertime might be completely different. In the middle of the season, they'll be sharp, Everton won't be sharp. We thought, oh, it was a potential banana skin here, so we were surprised to see it ended up being Rosombarok. Um, so obviously and Everton went and played Rosombarok and then didn't last too long in the Europa League um, guys just give us a, 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 your brief kind of view and, and uh, review so far of the season from your point of view from Everton's season it's been an absolute scandal yeah. I think we spent uh, an awful lot of money mm. and we've taken 50 steps backwards Yeah, it's an absolute Disgrace. Has it been a degree of disbelief in Norway at how badly it's gone? Yeah, it yeah. has. Also, I, I've never seen... As a, Norwegian Blues are, uh, are very often uh, happy, positive people. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's the first time I've seen so many angry fans uh, at social media. Fr- frustrated. Uh, frustrated fans uh, yeah, at, uh, at everything that happens. So uh, it's, uh, it's been a frustrating season, season so far. Is there a worry that all the great work that the group has done to get more fans a couple 200 or however many more since like that, that could be undone because of a bad season new Everton fans to the group would they stay or do you think they might, might... I, I think they will stay uh, but I, I think we, we had the chance because uh, we, we work and uh, have a co- uh, uh, cooperation with, uh, with the Norwegian TV2 mm. uh, and th- this season they thought that we were going to be the team to, to uh, join the top uh, six clubs so they were prepared to have us in studio and uh, okay. during the yeah. games, and then we just collapsed from the start of the season. Mm. So we haven't been able to have uh, to get uh, us out to the but public. That, that's why the, the, these trips that we make, yes, uh, the annual trips, are even more important because mm. if we can create an environment, people yes. sort of enjoying themselves, and yeah. uh, we we will be able to to increase even more. So is Norwegian TV stopped showing as many Everton games live, or can you still yeah. see? Pretty much all of them. No, I, no, no, we can see all of them, but not through uh, Norwegian TV. Say no more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully this weekend and tomorrow will be um, 
a positive trip because as bad as Everton are away from home, Chris, yeah. at home, they're pretty good, you know, still. We have to remember that. Yeah. It has been absolutely, as Helga said, it's been a terrible season. But we can still have some comfort from Goodison. And, and are you expecting, despite it being a resurgent Brighton, Everton will get the three points? Um, you have to expect that. Um, like I said, um, Sam Allardyce is taking a lot of comfort from this this home form because the away form is, is so poor, has been terrible but to be fair before Sam's time at the club they've not been able to turn that around since he's been there but at Goodison they, they have been uh, much more of a, a potent force and amazing as it is Brighton now going into this fixture above Everton mm. in the table I mean I think that was the case back in October when I did the game back then but I don't think you're expecting that come you know we're approaching mid-March now so they've been on a great run um, but then we saw it against Burnley last time out. They've been on a terrible run. They still turned um, Everton round. But they, the home form at Goodison Park is, is probably the, the big plus, the only thing they've got going for them at the moment. Mm. Guys, what do you, what's your personal feelings on, on Sam Allardyce and his appointment and, and, and him as, as manager of Everton at the moment? Uh, I don't know. I had a feeling of uh, it was some kind of desperation when we, when we, we appointed him. Uh, probably because we couldn't get anybody else mm. and um, I mean he, after the season he's got to go I can't see any way for him is any the future nothing is the issue for you Helga is it the style of football or is it no it's 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 not the style of football it's, it's the way Everton looks to me you know that there's, there's no plan nothing he plays players out of positions which is our three last managers has done mm. and uh, no, no, it's it's just it's not the right match at all. Bill, do you do you agree? Yes, uh, I do. I I think uh, I think it was a, a typical job for Allardyce. Uh, we were struggling in the relegation zone. He came in uh, eighteen month contract. I think uh, I think the I, uh, my personal opinion is that uh, it it has been the plan all the way. At uh, he's he's saving us and he's gone in the summer. Mm. And then, they, then they have had time to to find someone else, and and then and then Sam can say, uh, okay, look, I saved Everton, and like he has done with a lot yeah. of other clubs. So he he comes out of it good, and we stay up, and we can start fresh from uh, next season. For me, like he's, he's already resigned, seen the press okay. conferences. Interesting. And stuff. Is that the feeling you're getting from watching? The yeah, press? yeah, because he he, he doesn't seem to care yeah. at all to me. Okay, he's he's just. Yeah, he was asked why he took off Sigurdsson last weekend, and he was just laughing. Mm. That's not our way. It's not the Everton way. Yeah. It's not shouldn't be at all uh, like that at all. Yes. Did you, at the time of Ronald Koeman sacking, did you think it was the right decision? Both yes and no. Uh, yes, because he he couldn't uh, he couldn't do anything more for us. No, because we didn't have any candidates. Yes, lined up. lined up. Yeah. Yeah. So he should maybe uh, continue a couple of weeks, so we could have sorted out our, our possibilities, mm. and maybe we, we would have ended up with some of the else. Of course, some yeah. of us. Bjorn, we we've spoke a lot on the podcast, Chris himself and the others, about Marco Silva. Would you have liked Marco Silva at the football club? I, I like I like the style he played uh, at Watford at the, at the start of the season, but but in some way I think he is also too inexperienced. I I I'm I'm I would like a, a coach a manager that uh, that has 
one thing sad experience in Europe Champions League but are we in the place to get uh, that kind of manager but personally I my fa- two favorites is Fonseca or uh, T-shirt from mm. Dortmund yeah they have a special as I have a style of football have their own philosophy and uh, and uh, I, that's that's been lacking for the three last manager I think mm. I don't see what kind of football Kuhn plays or tries to play I don't and as a Martinez yes offensive but the de- defense was terrible and and Sam is just park the bus and and hope for a goal or or a point I, I want uh, it's it's an, it's not a good thing to say, but I want uh, Klopp style mm. type of football. Yes, uh, because yeah, yeah. You, you can see what Klopp means about football. Yeah. Do you think that's important to the supporters, Chris? I'll ask you this. Actually. Yeah. Do you think that's important to the supporters, as Bjorn and Helga have said there, really articulately about having a really clear style of football? Definitely. Is that important yeah. for, for supporters to be able to relate to it and, and relate to their manager? Therefore, or? yeah, we were. It was something I mentioned last week. Um, what is it, we use the phrase a school of science, but what is it that Everton actually wants? How do they want their team to play? Because it can change over time. I argued that perhaps a, a, a middle way, whereas they don't want the t- the tiki taka of uh, Martinez, they don't want um, hoofball route one either. Um, they would want. I'd, I mean, David Unsworth used the phrase a lot during his caretaker spell on the front foot. You know, he wasn't mm. able to back that up with the results, but he knew, as someone and a former Everton player himself, uh, somebody who'd been in a long association with the club, what the fans wanted. I think it was something up tempo uh, and certainly um, good football, but intense. The kind of football to get the fans um, off the feet. Um, mm. I think the kind what. Whatever that new coach would bring in, if, if indeed Allardyce was to be removed, yeah. I mean, he's still got another year on his contract. But I mean, if there was a new manager, there, it would be a certain style, yeah, you say, an, an identity. Because, like um, Bjorn said, I don't think Kuman sort of brought that with him, was almost quite chameleon esque in that um, he, by the end of that. Um, period. He was there just over a year. He had brought in a lot of his players, but you could, what could you say was a distinct Everton style that seemed to be a team very much lacking an identity, mm. certainly towards the end there. I almost feel like it was the policy may have been in the summer buy loads of good players and style will just take care of itself almost. Yeah, there was great. I don't know if the guys agree, but there was a, a lot of excitement through the summer as all these deals were being mm. done. They were being done early. It looked like Everton were being very proactive in the transfer market. Um, Robert Elson had promised an exciting um, transfer market, exciting summer for the Blues with lots of movement, and they certainly got that. Yeah, but yeah. then, once the dust had settled, um, they were they were left with that glaring hole of. No mm. centre forward and also no no left back as well, and both of those have um, come back to to bite them really seriously um, this this season. Mm. Um, guys, what are you expecting tomorrow from from the team and and the, and the atmosphere and you know what was, what was the game you came for last last season? Hull to one four nil, yeah, quite tight after going one. And still, and then, their supporters stood off outside Goodison afterwards and cheering for Marco Silva. Right, that made quite an impression on me, really. Interesting. They just lost four 0 Yeah, and they were, were thinking. They played. They played well, pretty. They played yeah. pretty well all that day, mm. didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Yeah. So, what are you expecting this time round? Then, from from the team first, foremost, and then from 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 the atmosphere. Three points. Yeah, that simple. 
But are you confident that that, that will happen? No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm but, but uh, we, we, we should expect it because, yes. because uh, I'll back Sam Allardyce on that one because it's a massive game. Mm. If we lose tomorrow, we're back in the, in the relegation fight, do you think? Yeah. Yes, I think we are because we need that win tomorrow desperately. Mm. Especially after losing to Burnley last, last yes. week. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, it's crucial that we we get the three points tomorrow uh, just to stop the the losing streak. Yeah. Uh, especially at home and uh, and it it depends on the the team selection, but uh, I I I hope the the players show that they are uh, want to fight for this uh, this uh, they want to fight for three points at home uh, because in the last couple of games uh, it looks like they. They don't want to to fight mm. and and, and uh, do that. What it takes to, to to win the game. Who's the first name on the team sheet for you two? Jordan Pickford. Yeah. Pickford and uh, Gulfi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but but play Gulfi in his position and not on the wing. So yeah. if Sam's yeah. listening, Bjorn, what is yeah. Gulfi's best position? Number ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's no winger. No. I think I think that frustration has been shared yeah. uh, across this uh, in England as well. Um, Chris, what yeah. is it? Are you, are you in agreement that the first name in the team sheet is Pickford and then uh, Sigurdsson? Yeah, every, and like you say, and like the guy says, Sigurdsson in the proper position. People had an Icelandic journalist telling it me at the start of the season. Kevin Ratcliffe keeps banging on about it in his column with us. It's the club's most expensive player. Playing in his in his best position, it seems ridiculous that you go and. Identified as number ten, I know he can play out there, but yeah. play him to his strengths, play him down the middle. Is Gilfie almost a victim of his own ability because he can do such a good job on the left and still come and cut in and score goals and then make an impact that managers can say, "Well, we've got a problem down the left hand side," but you know what? Well, Gilfie can go and do a job for us, and that means I can still play Wayne and I can still play. Yeah, and it all bangs back to this. Deep flaws with the recruitment. I mean, what was it? we had Cooman and Walsh last summer, and they've got club's highest paid player Wayne Rooney and club's most expensive player Gilfie Sigerson, both vying for that number ten shirt. And often neither of them play in that position, <laughs> so it just seems like they've, they've made all these signed all these players, and then there's no actual strategy to it all. Yeah, I think Rooney has done a good job on his play a bit yeah. deeper. Yeah, this isn't. Yeah. Do um do you guys in Norway and with Everton Norway does does Steve Walsh get brought up in the conversation? Yes. Yes. Okay. And I assume you share share some of the same concerns and frustrations, maybe. Yeah, frustrations because he's, he's what's what, what's his job really? I mean, he he, he hasn't brought us anything. Mm. To be fair, and he's one of the one of the guys that should should lead the club. Should should Steve and the, and the scouting network at Everton. Should they be should they be spending more time in Norway? Are there are there young talents in Norway or no? Not it's at the very moment. Very far between. Yeah. Right. It's okay. very far. Yeah. yeah. At the moment. Norwegian football at the moment is is down in a. Is it a bit a long time since yeah. it's been this? Yeah. Yeah. You you have you have the couple of so Martin Odegaard uh, who plays as a Real Madrid but uh, plays in in uh, Holland yeah. and uh, and Martin Samuelsen and a couple of young guys but. Um, Besides them, it's not uh, much uh, to talk about. They used to have a scout in Norway as well, Brian King. That's right, yeah. Brian, yeah. Mm. yeah. What, do, do you think it's just cyclical? Is it just a, a bad time or is there something deeper? Are all your that? best young players moving away earlier? or No, no but I think it's, it's, uh, 
it's the whole way of thinking uh, development for young players in Norway. It's it's completely different to right. to to over here. Yeah, yeah. I we have a local guy from my place at home. He's, he's in the Everton Academy. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he just moved here a year ago. Yes, he's joining us on Sunday for the stadium tour. Excellent. Just remind everybody of his name. Einar Ivarsson. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's uh, he moved out there for a year ago, I think it mm. was. Yeah. He's with the under 18, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And we had uh, also a. That must be 10 years ago, but we had a goalkeeper as well from my local club at home. Oh, okay. Who signed. Uh, and he, he told me uh, he would do it all over again. Yeah. Because the, 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 the way that you think of developing players over here is so. It's a, it's a, it's a totally different world, mm. basically. Okay. Okay. So that's what, what we're doing wrong in Norway, though. Yeah, in my opinion. Okay. Um, so let's bring it back to Everton, um, Chris. Why mm-hmm. why are Everton so different at home as they are away from home? Huh. Yeah, because it was it was strange, wasn't it? On the on the end, the final days of Martinez, they were awful at home, and it it wasn't Fortress Goodison anymore. Although they managed to sort that out on the Cumin. You've got to think that it's. A mental deficiency. Just the way watching them like Burnley last week, the way they just capitulated um, against a team, Burnley, who were low in confidence themselves and without a win in twelve. Home as well. Yeah, without a goal, without a win in twelve matches. It's got to be a, a confidence thing. It's got to be a mental issue for me. Some sort of mental block. And there are strong characters in that dressing room in that squad. So it is frustrating that there are big characters, people in there who you'd think would be able to. T- um, sort of have that leadership and yet it's still falling behind so I can only think that it's a, it's a confidence issue and when the fans get behind them at Goodison that is helping but they're, they're, they're top professionals they, they should be able to do it away from home Bjorn do you agree, agree with Chris there that it's mental problem yeah I think it has to be now uh, I mean, also we talked about um, uh, back in Norway uh, is, is, it, is it too many leaders who who, who Aren't the real leader? Mm. So Ashley Williams, former captain, yeah. Clausen, Rooney, Gulfi, Jagelka, or cap- so is it too many people that are not one or two who leads the way? But right. uh, it, yeah. uh, I don't, we, we talked about it. Maybe it's yeah, but something is going on. Uh, I think with the confidence uh, mm. with the guys. So you're saying it's almost like there's too many people who have been a captain elsewhere and they're all looking at each other for, for that one person to, yeah. to, to lead the team and then there's also this other thing with, with uh, building confidence uh, but it doesn't help anything the way Sam Allard is rotating his players because mm. you play one day one week and next week you don't play mm. so you, that's not the way I think to, to build the, do you think, confidence do you think the players aren't giving the manager enough in, in matches to convince him to keep playing them every week or do you think he has to just stick with the team and, and, and show his faith in for should, a few weeks just stick with the team and, and see how it turns out because you keep on changing every week mm. yeah. so, so, so and keep changing formation yeah it's 4-3-3 one week and 4-2-1-3 uh, the next week so yeah mm. Chris um on a, on a slightly more positive note, and there haven't, there haven't been many positives, um, our, our January striker, Jenk Tosin, got off the mark on yeah. Saturday with a really good head, a really instinctive, yeah. fox-in-the-box finish. Um, first of all, does he play tomorrow against Brighton, and have you seen enough in that performance at Burnley to give you hope and the belief that actually he can potentially yeah. go on and be a success in England? 
it was like it was like the highlights reel we kept we kept seeing from his time at Besiktas, wasn't yeah. it? It's classic. Cross comes in there, big header. What he, he seems natural to do. It, very quickly, we seem to be told that Tosin wasn't up to much. Certainly at the moment, all of a sudden, you know, he had a couple of runouts. Tough game at Tottenham, wasn't it? Mm. A real tough one to go into. A couple of outings, and then he's out. He's not in the team, and it's almost like oh, he's not going to be ready for for a long time. So he seemed to be discarded very quickly for a player who had um, obviously been extensively scouted and uh, well watched for the, the club because obviously he was Lukaku's belated replacement um, half a season it took them to re- replace him so I thought they got rid of him very quickly so hopefully now he's got that you know the confidence again we're talking about the confidence of the players now he's got that first goal on under his belt I'm sure he'd be relishing the chance to um, lead the line and yes I think he should start definitely after that goal Chris mentioned there guys um, belatedly a replacement for Lukaku but is it actually unfair on Tosin to say you are Romelu's replacement because they are very different players yeah, I don't think. Uh, I, th- I think Tolson should be able to be Tolson. Uh, nobody can replace Lukaku, and the, the last two, three seasons he had at uh, at Everton. So, I think. Uh, I think the the only right thing is to play uh, Tolson, so he, he can uh, get into the team, and um, and uh, I, l- I really like that uh, the goal last uh, week, and I think he can build on that. Oh, do you do you, do you agree about Tosin? Do you have good feeling about him? Or yes, I do. Uh, I think he, he's the best uh, the best striker at the club at the moment. So he's better than the ass. He's actually obviously second top scorer behind Rooney and better than Carvalho. He's played uh, it's uh, a more games one because, than because uh, we've we've talked a lot about Nias in Norway and uh, okay. he used to play for Brand as well. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, he didn't. He didn't play for Brand. He wasn't good enough. He played for Brand too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the second nice. team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Interesting. But the thing with Nias is nobody can take away from him is, is his his work rate. Yeah, it's second to none. Uh, and I could mention a whole lot of other players which would have been out in the papers moaning the way he got treated with, with Kuman. Yes. And to then come back from that is is uh, is outstanding. Mm. And all credit to him. But I don't think he's the long-term answer. Mm. So when Everton signed Nias, um, were you guys in Norway going, "This is this is not going to work"? Yeah. Especially the guys like Bjorn following yeah. Brand. Yeah. Yeah. But but he was top scorer in Russia, so so he, he had he has he had he'd done something from uh, from his uh, year in Norway. But uh, I watched him play uh, second division Norwegian uh, with Brand too. And he couldn't get the goal mm. in Norwegian second division, so I thought we will never hear about him again. Yeah. So uh, I was quite surprised when I saw that he was top uh, goalscorer in Russia, mm. and Everton got him. So, uh, yeah. What did What did Brand say about Nias and why Why he wasn't going to be good enough? He 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 had bad attitudes. Uh, really? In in Brand. Uh, right. And uh, and uh, so it's uh, it's quite opposite yeah. to the attitude he shows here. Mm. Uh, but uh, no, it just it just didn't get the Norwegian football, I think. Yeah. So okay. Um, speaking of another striker, when you guys were mid-flight, probably um, some quotes from Sandro Ramirez um, came out in which he reiterated his desire, Chris, mm-hmm. uh, to stay at Sevilla beyond the yeah. end of the season and, and basically quit Everton. Do Everton give up on Sandro? Do they cut their losses and sell him in the summer, or do they say no? You're young. We bought yeah. you for the long term, and we will yeah. persevere. 
It is a great shame because a lot was expected um, of Sandro last summer. I remember speaking to Sid Lowe, one of the real mm. experts in Spanish football, and uh, he said he'd, he'd come on leaps and bounds 12 months earlier. And, um, nobody really wanted to know when he was leaving Barcelona. He'd had that um, great season at Malaga and was suddenly one of the hottest properties. So it was seen a great coup from Everton's point of view to get him because he had that very low release clause so it was seen as a really astute piece of business so perhaps that makes him a bit more dispensable the fact that Everton didn't have to pay a huge amount for yeah. him somebody like Davy Klassen who's going to be quite difficult to offload if Everton will want to offload him so it is a great shame but I think because he didn't cost a lot of money perhaps you can write him off and say maybe he's a, a, a bad job in English football um, it would probably be nice to um, give him another go. Both Koeman and now Allardyce have said, you know, a lot of overseas players take a couple of seasons to, to settle in. Yeah. But I think the player himself seems to. He's quite, despite how he looks, he's, he's probably younger than he's younger <laughs> than what he looks, isn't yeah, he? And he's still yeah. a young man. He's come over here and it hasn't sort of suited him on or off the field. I think perhaps it'll suit Sandro to, to stay in Spain. Mm. Did you want to add in there about Sandro? Did you, do you feel it's. The right thing for Everton to do to sell him in the summer, or do we keep him and, and, and persevere? Personally, I would keep him because yeah. I, I think there's a lot to, to come from him. Uh, and as you said, it, some players need maybe a year to, to just settle in in the Premiership. So mm. I would definitely keep him. Yeah. Bjorn, is there which of the summer signings have you been most disappointed with? You know, the one that you maybe had the highest hopes for is is the one particular that you've been left disappointed by. Um, both Sandro and Klassen. Right. I had really hopes for yeah, for both we, of them. I think we all did. Yeah. yeah. Sandro banging goals in in Spain and Klassen leading uh, Ajax to the, the uh, Europa yeah, uh, yeah. League final. So uh, I had hopes for both of them and and, um, and it's a combination that they 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 need time and they maybe they didn't get enough time before they were put out. Uh, I personally will would would maybe. Try out Klassen again now mm. together uh, with uh, so together with uh, Ghana on okay. the, on, yeah or something um, because uh, uh, we know we have talked about it that way we 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 see Klassen in, instead of Schneiderlin uh, right uh, yeah, for yeah. example yeah okay interesting so we will uh, we will wrap it up there but before we finish um, in time on a tradition we will go around the table and get people's predictions um, Helga please give me your prediction your score prediction for tomorrow's game with Brighton my honest one or my hot one uh, any honest, honesty <laughs> on this pod 1-1 uh, ok and you'd be you'd be frustrated by that scoreline because you said three points is a must yeah Bjorn, same thing for you. Prediction tomorrow. I I I I really want to get the win, but uh, I don't like the way our defense uh, is lately, and I don't like the confidence Burnley are coming into this game, uh, and Brighton is coming into yes. this game uh, with. So uh, mm. I'm uh, I'm terribly afraid that we are going to lose uh, this okay. one also. As Bjorn says, Chris Brighton. Have- Leapfrogged Everton and yeah. have uh, won three of their last five league games. What's your prediction? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a bit more positive and I'm going to say Everton will win. Everton will win 2 1. Okay. I think Everton will nick it 1 0. I don't think it'll be pretty, but I think they'll get over the line. I think people will start breathing a sigh of relief, but it won't be pretty. But then again, it hasn't really been that way, has it, with uh, Sam Allardyce? But uh, guys, Bjorn Helga, thank you very much for coming in and um, 
Thanks you've for got, having us. You've got plenty of plans for the rest of today. You're up to Goodison later, I believe, and then there on, on Sunday after the game as well. So uh, you've got plenty to pack in, haven't you? Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And uh, stay with Liverpool Echo for all the best news and analysis of Everton. And hopefully we'll be reporting on an Everton win on Saturday evening. Boom.